Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. I don't know about you, but that video kind of stresses me out, right? Like, it's it's super, super stressful because isn't that real life? So many times you just feel like that pace is unsustainable. Well, again, welcome to City Hills. For those of you that I haven't met, my name is Danny, and man, we're honored to be able to hang out with you this weekend, be able to kick off this brand new series called Blank Space. And the reality is that we want to talk about this idea and this principle that I learned called the principle of margin. So if you have your notes with you right off the bat, I want to give you our big idea for today, something that we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks, and it's the principle of margin. And it's this, the principle of margin is just because I can do it, buy it, schedule it, that doesn't mean I have to. We can just go home, right? Like, that's enough right there. Just because I can do it, I can buy it, I can schedule it, that doesn't mean I have to. It's this principle of margin in our life. And I, I learned this, this principle of margin from a mentor of mine, and, and I was so used to running my life at like 100 miles an hour, and there was no free evenings, and everything was happening, and there, this was what was amazing about it. It was before kids. And it was like we were just running ragged, like our, our emotions were strained, our relationship didn't have, it wasn't firing on all cylinders, uh, the relationships we had with other friends, we never felt like we could ever really catch up there, and bills were piling up, and schedule was full, and it just was this unbelievably draining time. I was emotionally strained and ultimately unfulfilled right? When we're running at that pace. And when I met my friend, he, he taught me the power of pace, of being able to find those areas where I can focus my attention strategically and see how when I do that and actually create some margin, actually learn how to say those powerful words, no, that when that happens, I'm 10 times more productive and a thousand times more fulfilled. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. But in order to do that, we, it means living with some margin. It means living with some blank space in our schedule, in our finances, and in our relationships. And there's something about being organized that kind of connects with all of us in different ways. And for me, I always think about when I was growing up as a teenager, I would I wasn't like a super clean kid. Like I wasn't that, like I wasn't like OCD or anything like that. Like everything had to have its certain place. But I would wake up certain times during the week when I was a teenager and I would just have this organizational, I don't even know what you would call it, like a fit, just insanity. I would just wake up and I'm like, everything is wrong. This room is awful. I hate how this is set up. My closet is a disaster. My school stuff is all over the place. And I would just go into like this rage of cleaning. Like it would be 6.37 in the morning. I'm grabbing a broom, grabbing the vacuum. I'm reorganizing furniture. I'm cleaning out the closet. I'm throwing stuff in bags, clothes that didn't fit. I'm getting rid of it. Like it was just this organizational fit that would just hit me. 
out of nowhere. I, I would start to alphabetize my DVDs. You remember DVDs? I had 400 of those bad boys I would alphabetize. Like I had a little bit of an addiction. I'm just saying I loved movies. I still love movies. But something happened along the way called iTunes. And now I don't have to have all these bulky DVDs, which was beautiful. Because what happened to me, I don't know about you, but I had DVDs and then Blu-ray came out. And it was like, well, I mean, I can't watch DVDs anymore. That's garbage. I got to have all the Blu-ray. So it just it got out of hand. But it would just come in these small bursts of time. Well, the reality, it hasn't changed at all now as an adult. And, and as I'm, there's certain mornings that I just wake up and Lauren can see it in my eye. It's just like, oh, no, it's going down today. And I mean, I'm, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, who's in the house. Like, I am cleaning. I'm going to get everything organized. I'm getting it together. I'm throwing stuff out of the closet. And the, the issue is, I feel like she kind of takes advantage of me in these moments, right? Because she sees it going on. She's like, oh, well, I had this idea. And I'm like, oh, I'm like a robot. Like, I can't even really process. I'm just like, uh-huh. And so I'm just like t- knocking out stuff. And then, of course, at some point around noon, she gives me something to eat, and she goes, you know what I was thinking? This room would look so much better with some pillows from Ross. Like, the sheets would look so much nicer if we just run to Ross and pick up something. And again, I'm not, I'm just in organizational mode. I'm like, okay, okay. And so here we are, $200 later, we have redone every bedroom. It's just ridiculous. But I don't live my life like that every day, right? Like, it's just these little bursts of energy and that's that's fine but just like in my house where I need to have those moments of organization in my schedule in my relationship in my finances my focus gets cluttered right I get overwhelmed I I have so many things happening I get distracted and eventually there starts to be this strain in one of those areas in which you almost feel like you're at a breaking point. And while it's fine to have like a drunk drawer or seven of those in our lives when we let it go too long, when that clutter builds up, it's perilous. It's really dangerous. And it gets to a point where it really starts to impact things in a negative way. Now, haven't you seen those families? Not, not yours, of course, not ours, like, not ours, but those families who are just like paralyzed by their schedule. Right. I mean, they have so many things going every night. You've got gymnastics and you've got soccer. You've got water polo and speech club and glee club and all, you know, just archaeology club. I'm sure somewhere someone does that robotics club. So it's just all of these things that are happening and you just see them and they're just like wide eyed and panicked. It's like, hey, how's it going? It's like, ah, and then you just take off. And it's like you didn't even say words like what is going on and we see that unsustainable unbearable pace or you know that person that constantly lives outside of their means you see them and they pull up in a new car and you're like what what is that and you're like oh I got this new car and you're like, I know what you make bro I don't know why you just what are you doing oh it was a great deal can you pay for it ah yeah yeah I, I, I'll pick up an extra hour or so and pay for it and you're like, what? What are you doing? Or that person in your life that their relationship with people, they're just, it's just toxic. And you walk away and you're like silently depressed for them, right? You just walk away and go, man, that's broken. I hate that for them. I wish, I wish they could live different. Or maybe if we're just being transparent with each other, maybe we look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and go, man, 
that's broken. My schedule, my pace, my relationships, my finances, man, that's broken. I've got to figure out something. What might be interesting to you, which I, I think is really fascinating, is that God actually has a lot to say about this. He actually cares. He, he instructed us on the importance and the commitment of having blank space, having breathing room, having margin in our lives. He gives us some instruction. And what, what God understands that you and I don't is that when we have blank space, when we have this area in our lives, we're able to be present and focus on the things that matter most. And that's where we see the most growth and impact in our lives when we, when we do this. God understands that we were created with limits. Now, I know we don't like to hear that. I certainly don't like to hear that. It's like, no, my, the sky is the limit. Like, I, my capacity is huge, and God's like, that's cute. No, like, you actually have limits. I created you with a breaking point. And what we do just naturally is we run up to that line, and we just stomp on it, right? Because we're just trying to accomplish so many things. Look at this on the screen. When we live our lives without margin, we trade peace for progress. When we live without margin, we trade peace for progress. And without the, the blank space in our life that's strategic and, and intentional, several things happen, right? Several things happen. The first thing that happens is that stress rises. It just rises to the surface. That stress just bubbles up. I have a, a Apple Watch, and in those stressful moments, it, it really gets on my nerves because it, it pops up the little Breathe app, and it's like, this would be a great moment for deep breathing. A minute of deep breathing would help you. I'm like, shut up. Nobody asked you, Apple. I know I'm stressed out in this moment. We went to the farmer's market in Little Italy yesterday. Terrible decision. Terrible decision. I've seen more. That was a billion people on one street, and my watch is like, Every two minutes, hey, you should breathe. Hey, you should breathe. And I'm pushing the girls up in the double stroller, and I'm like, I'm going to murder somebody. This is crazy. Like, your stress level gets out of control. The other thing that happens is that our focus narrows on the area with the least amount of margin. Our, our focus just goes directly there. Like, have you ever had that conversation with a friend, and, and you're, just, you're just venting, right? And there's nothing wrong with venting. You're just venting, and you're just sharing what's going on in your life, and they're just listening and listening. And finally, at some point, they go, well, you know, at, like, at least, like, your marriage is okay, or, or at, at least your house didn't blow up, or, or at least you're, you're alive. In other words, they're going, hey, your focus is really, really narrow on this one negative area. You should probably, like... Look up a little bit. Our focus narrows on those things. We're, we're trying to navigate life through a microscope rather than having our eyes open. We're just, boom, this one tiny area in our life. Without blank space, our relationships suffer, right? Every time we come home, our family is strained and there's, there's just tension in the house. You're, you're throwing food on the table, and this one's mad at this one, and this one's mad at that one, and this is happening, and you just, you feel this tension going on, and someone somewhere is going, would you just put that phone down and pay attention? Like, you just feel that tension building, and, you know, Date Night is just a movie with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. It ain't anything that actually happens in your house, right? Like, Date Night doesn't happen. We just, we live without this margin, and our relationships suffer. 
And I heard this quote this, re- this week that just really, it rocked me to the core, and it was just so good. And I, I just, I want you to hear it. I want you to kind of lock in for a second. It's going to be on the screen, and it's so good. Your happiness in life is measured by the health of your relationships, not your prosperity or progress. The health of your relationships. Isn't that true? Like, when you feel like your relationships are in a good place, when you feel like your marriage, your friendships, your family, like it's that rare moment where there's no drama and it's just like, hey, life just feels better. It's because the health of our relationship is that true indicator of our happiness. So why do, why do we live without this blank space? If we know the benefits of it, why do we, we live without it? And for some of us, we might just say, it's the nature of my industry, right? My job, that's just, it is what it is. Like, I, I have to work these hours. I have to carry this weight. I have to do this. It's just the nature of, of what it is. Or, or maybe for some of us, we say, it's just a season, right? It's just a season that we're going through. Now, the, the season has lasted a couple years or four or five, but it's a season, it's a season. It's like, no, a season is like three months, four months, not decades, right? It's not a season. There's something systematically off. Or maybe for some of us, we'll just be honest and go, I'm just not disciplined, right? Like, I'm just, I just haven't buckled down and done the things that I know that I need to do. And all of those are valid answers, but I believe the foundation of every one of these things, the thing that that just is that key driver is this, the true driver of our pace, our spending, and our schedule is fear. We can use all of the other excuses, but in the end, the main driver of our pace, our spending, our schedule is fear. Some of you might even answer that why question by saying that, Danny, I just feel like I'm afraid that if I stop this would happen. I feel like if I did this, I'm afraid this. And we'd just be honest enough to go, man, there, there's, there's just this fear. And it was interesting. I, I'd been working on this message, and I, I watched this random interview on Netflix with uh, David Letterman and Jay-Z. It was fascinating, fascinating conversation. And uh, Dave Letterman has, like, this long, like, Santa beard now. It's very weird. But anyways, they were talking about like the differences and the similarities of, of people and, and how we connect with each other. And Jay-Z said this really interesting thing. He said, in the end, one of the things that makes us so alike, regardless of our background, our race, regardless of anything, is that we all have similar fears. And those fears influence us every day. And I just thought, it's true. Here I am working on this message, and here this rapper is that's saying the same thing, that we recognize that fear is such a driver in our lives. For some of us, we have FOMO, right? We have the fear of missing out. We have this fear that if we don't do these things, something, we're going to miss something. We're not going to be able to do it. If, if my kids don't have 12 extracurricular activities, they're not going to be smart enough to get into the school that they need to. Right. If if I don't do this certain thing, if I don't hang out with these certain things, if I don't hang out with these certain people, like I'm just I'm going to miss something. For others, it's the fear of falling behind. Right. We, we live this life of, of comparison 
to each other. And, and we're afraid of, of falling behind. I, I love that travel commercial that says, uh, stop hate liking their trip. You can go zip lining with Lil John too, right? It's like, no, you can't. You can't just call Lil John up and go zip lining with them. But it's just this idea that you can do this too. You can keep up. You can, don't hate like their trip. You can do this too. Just who cares what it costs? Who cares what it means? Who, just do it. You do you, boo, right? Like you do whatever you got to do. And for many of us, and this is the one for me, it's, it's the fear of not mattering, right? The fear of, wait a minute, I got a short time on earth. I want to matter. I want the things that I do to like actually resonate. Like when I die, I want people to go, ah, oh, I kind of like that kid. He was, he was, he was, yeah, right? Like we want to matter. We want something in our life. So in order to do that, I must, I must do this or I buy this or have this or go there or be this certain thing. And that fear drives us. So, so how do we shift this? How do we move past these fears? How do we find out and figure out how to create the blank space in our lives? And God actually answers for this all the way in the beginning of the Bible with the people and the nation of Israel. But before we get there, uh, let me give you a little bit of context about the Israelites and, and it help us understand maybe some questions you've had about religion as, as a whole in this relationship with Jesus, but also how, why it matters to us and to God about this blank space. So the Israelites, they were, when we look at the book of Exodus, they were in slavery for like 400 years, right? They had been slaves of the Egyptians. They were the ones building all of their monuments and their palaces, and they're, they're a part of all of this, this slave culture. And in that day and time, and just like any other slave culture, you worked, and you worked hard. You didn't sleep much. You didn't get a whole lot of anything. You obeyed or you die, right? Obey or die. You get sick, guess what? You dead. You, you sleep in. You miss your shift when you're supposed to be there. Guess what? You're dead. You know, you get, you, you're too tired. You get an injury. You fall behind. Guess what? Bye-bye. You're dead, right? Like, it's just this obey or die. Work, work, work. Drive, do. You just have to do this. And this was their culture. This was the only thing they understood for 400 years. So when God sends Moses to rescue them from the Egyptians and they're, they're wandering through the desert and they get to the mountain of God, Moses goes up and he, he comes down with the famous Ten Commandments, right? He, he comes down with those, those Ten Commandments that, that so many of us are familiar with. But the Lord also gave Moses like 600 other laws for the people. And so we see that and we go, aha, see, God is all about the rules and the regulations. God is all about, see, why did he give him so many rules? I thought it was just 10. Now it's 600 and now it's all this. But what we have to understand is that in this moment, God was establishing a nation of people who had been under pagan foreign rulership for 400 years. Right? We just celebrated the 4th of July. When we, when we declared independence from the British we sat down and we wrote our own laws, right? Like we established ourselves as a country. And that's what God was doing with the people. He understood that they were in a culture that worshiped the sun and the moon and all these random false gods. And they had lived in this culture where they were slaves. So their understanding of everything was completely broken. 
And so God said, let me sit down with you. Let me write out some things that matter. And so that's where, that's where we're at. So Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments. And lo and behold, what makes the list of God's top Ten Commandments? Thou shalt taketh a dayeth off. What? Thou shalt take a day off. Like mixed in with you shouldn't murder people and you shouldn't lie and you shouldn't steal is, hey, I want you to take a day off. Doesn't seem to fit, right? But God, it was so important to him. God created the Sabbath because it required us to trust in him in the margin. This forced them to trust God. It forced them to slow down, to, to have this margin in our life. They didn't have Costco, right? They didn't just roll up to the store and pick up some eggs. Like They had to get eggs and milk cows and take care of cattle, and they didn't have refrigerators. They, there was so much preparation that they had to do in order to literally not do anything for 24 hours. And God said, that's cool. I want you to understand the power of the Sabbath, understand the power of taking the day off. God, God in this, he, he created a couple of different practices that helped push the people to this place of margin. And the first one was that it was Sabbath. And it was the Sabbath day was, was a day where they literally, I believe it was from sunset to sunset, they were not able to do work. Like they literally couldn't do anything. And it represented the power of rest and refocus. They had to focus. They had to just go, I can't work. It's literally against the law to do anything. I cannot do anything. The other thing that God showed them was tithing. And they had to store up 10% of their finances. And, and they brought it to, to the church to, to continue the, the efforts within the church. And it, it caused financial discipline in them, right? Right. It taught them, hey, you can't just spend everything that you make. You, you have to have purpose behind it. This step of obedience was such a, a cool thing, and, and it just represented for them. I, I heard it said that, like, they didn't have banks and all this stuff. So, like, they had this money in their house that was saved and set aside to bring to the Lord. And then there's this other super interesting concept that we're going to look at, and it's called the law of gleaning. The law of gleaning. And it was this concept that God can provide without you depleting your resources. And we're going to look at a very interesting area of the Bible. And this is where we see all these rules. And a lot of times in church, we skip these because we're like, oh, this is too much. It's the book of Leviticus. Uh, the book of Leviticus 19. And it says this. This is God, um, God's law that he's speaking to them on gleaning. And he says, when you harvest crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vine. And do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. This is interesting. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. And then randomly he just says, I am the Lord, your God. Seems random, right? I'm the Lord, your God. With it, God, with it. It's an interesting ending to that. Like, don't pick all your grain. Don't pick all your grapes. Leave the edges for the poor and for the foreigners in your land because I am the Lord, your God. In other words, it was this proclamation to them. I am your Lord. I am everything. I am the I am. 
In other words, I have you. I've got you. It was this idea that God didn't want them to harvest all the way to the edges. Don't try to grab every single thing that you can because there is power in taking what you need and having the margin to leave to help other people around them. And God said, what you have, I will make it enough. That 90% of your finances that you're like, well, I don't, can't pay my bills with the 100%. God, what are you talking about taking 10% out of that? God goes, with what you give to me and what you have, I will provide. But you and I, and this is me preaching to myself, we feel like we have to hit 100% in everything, right? Like if my fields on the edges were incomplete, I would be in the house going, I need to finish. I need to finish this. Like, why did we not get the edges? And we live our lives. And, and for some of us, our personality drives us to push past that 100 to that 110% to give every single thing that we possibly have. And if you played sports, our coaches teach us this concept, leave it all out on the field, right? Leave it all out on the field. Everything you have, deplete yourself completely for your mission, for what you are wanting to do. But you know what the problem is? When you leave everything out on the field, you have nothing left to give your family. When you leave it all out on the field in your job, when you leave it all out in the field on the thing that you're, you're pursuing, and you come home depleted, you got nothing left for the people that we say matter most, right? And this, is, this was a difficult concept for me to understand because I wanted, I, like, everything I do, if you know me at all, everything that I do, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't, I don't just, like, halfway commit to it. I'm going to give everything that I can to it. And I had to learn and understand that if I spent everything that I had, if I used up all my words as a man at work and I got home and all I can give my wife was, mm, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, it was good. I was damaging the most important relationship that I had because I left everything out on the field at work. And that was this, this law of gleaning. You don't have to hit 100%. You don't have to run through the field and pick up the little grapes on the ground and make sure you have every single thing because God said, if you just get what you need, I will provide the rest. You don't have to leave it out on the field. God said, leave the edges of your field. So we fast forward to when Jesus hits the scene hundreds of years later, and he's given his famous Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew. And he's just blowing people's minds with his teaching. Like it's so contradictory to everything that they've learned for generations. And it's just this beautiful message. If you ever want to find a great passage of scripture to read, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's just, it's Jesus beautifully illustrating how we can live our lives. And so I, I can see him as he's leaning forward and he starts to talk about this in Matthew 6, starting in verse 31. So he says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? This is interesting. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Another translation says that the pagans worry about these things. Jesus was, I can see him smiling as he is saying it. 
you know those dudes that like worship rocks and trees and the sun those weirdos those pagans over there they worry about those things they worry about what am i gonna eat what am i gonna do how am i gonna do this they're stressing about all these things and jesus goes but you know what you know what we do we trust that our heavenly father when we put him first everything will come into order our father knows our needs more than even we know them and he will provide for those jesus in another in another passage he said if the birds of the field have what they need and the the flowers of the field their clothes if they have all of that how much more would your heavenly father in heaven not take care of you if he can see the sparrow in the field can he see you his son his daughter my children don't have to worry about that because God is with them. God is for us. And I wonder what would happen to our fears if we trusted God to show up in that blank space. What would happen to our fears if we legitimately said, God, I trust you. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to give the best that I can. And I'm going to trust you with the rest. God, God, I, I'm going to trust you that if my, my kids choose one event instead of three, you're going to help them get into the school that they need to get into. If my kids' schedule didn't dominate our lives to the point where I can't even think straight because I think that's what we have to do in order for them to be well-rounded, but we have no time together as a family. God, I, I trust that that's more important to you, that us being together and connected and unified as a family, it'll be okay if they don't have six extracurriculars on their resume when they're 12, right? God, what, what, what would happen if I left a little bit more in the tank for my family? When I got home from work, I could actually walk in the door, take a deep breath and actually be happy and smile and be excited to see my family rather than walk in the day and just drop everything at the door and pass out on the sofa, right? Like what would happen if we gave a little more? What if, what if I carved out some extra time, even though there's no time, but even if I, I carved out some time to date my spouse and have that connection together and rejuvenate that joy that we had when we were younger? What if, God, what if I, I just, I trusted you with 10 minutes of my day to spend reading my Bible and praying, even when I don't really know what I'm supposed to read, or even if I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but God, I'm just going to spend 10 minutes with you, five minutes with you. Just carve out that little bit of time that I dedicate to you, God. I, I trust that if I do that, my outlook, my outlook on life will be completely different. And here's the one. God, what would happen if if I trusted that, I don't have to prove myself to anybody because I have your affection and I have your attention. What would happen to our fears if we trusted God like that? What would happen if we trusted him with that kind of confidence? Our challenge today is simple. Where do you need blank space in your relationships, in your schedule, in your finances? And at the bottom, you have a place where you can write that on your sheet and keep this over the next couple weeks 
And over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be looking at some other practical ways to do that. But today, I just wanted to set the stage, this idea, this, this concept of margin. If we don't live with margin in our life, we're destined to fail. We just can't. God didn't create us to run at 110%. He understood. And from the beginning of his establishing of a nation, he goes, guess what? One of the top 10 rules is you get to take a day off. I'm, pre- I, I'm excited that my God thinks like that, right? Like, I like a day off. It's awesome. But it was so important to God that as he was establishing his nation, he said, this is one of the most important things. Margin. Blank space. Without it, we're destined to fail. Let's pray together. God, I think it's so awesome that you're the kind of God that understands the power of, of blank space. And, and for every one of us in the room, there, there's been those, those short, very short periods of time where we actually had blank space in our schedule, in our relationships, in our finances. And we understand the peace that came from having that. But God, every one of us, myself included, every one of us, we just get so caught up in everything that has to be done and everything that needs to be done and everything we have to do. And Jesus, you, you're coming in the midst of this vacation season to drop this information into our life that says, hey, 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 hey. As you go into this season, this, this month where so many of us are traveling, you brought us to this moment for this reason to say, hey, remember when I wrote all the laws? One of those is you should take a day off. God, give us the courage to take the steps that we need to. God, we understand in order to find this blank space in our life, it means that we have to say no to some things. And sometimes that means saying no to things that are good in order for us to say yes to things that are great. Give us the courage. Give us the ability to do that. Give us the clarity of mind that as we we pray and as we talk with our family, as we reflect ourselves, that we'll be able to write down that area that we need your blank space help the most. God, be with us. Help us to be a people that our eyes are not focused on the size of our problems, but our eyes are lifted to you. That we trust you in the blank space. We love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in your strong name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.